I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 221 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it's time for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Former Navy SEAL Nick Hayes, who is also a author of a recent book titled Elite High Performance Lessons and Habits from a Former Navy SEAL, will be here with me. It is such an honor to have him on the show, so please stick around for the interview. Father's Day weekend is upon us here, and I hope that all of you dads out there will have a wonderful Father's Day. I hope you'll get a chance to tune in to Fox and Friends on Sunday morning to catch my appearance. It will be a big honor for me to be able to share the message about first-class fatherhood with millions of viewers. This is a podcast that started off with just some imagination mixed with faith. It gave me the opportunity to do some incredible things this year, including uh, being on the field in Atlanta for Super Bowl Media Day and interview. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, Julian Edelman, and all the rest of the gang down there, uh, all about fatherhood and family life. And while it has been cool to speak with so many incredible men over the last year or so since I started the podcast, it is far more important to me that there is a catalog full of men who have accomplished greatly in this lifetime and have excelled in so many aspects of life that have testified that it has been through the experience of fatherhood that they have received their greatest sense of fulfillment in life. I can only pray that having the testimony of these men who have been on the podcast has helped change the image about fatherhood in the lives of some of you listeners out there. There is a fatherless problem going on in this country, and I hope I have made even a minor contribution in solving this issue. Our children need fathers or father figures in their lives, and I am faithful that this fatherless problem will start to fade away and in its place will be a much improved society with strong family values. So let's go, dads. I want to thank you all from the bottom of my heart here for continuing to tune in and listen to the podcast and the best is yet to come. Make sure you're following me over on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all of the Father's Day giveaways. And please share this podcast with every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the podcast that celebrates fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump into the action right now with former Navy SEAL Nick Hayes. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. You are going to hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to consider becoming a sponsor of First Class Fatherhood, please hit me up with an email, firstclassfatherhood at gmail.com. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is a combat veteran who served with the elite United States Navy SEAL teams. He is the author of a new book titled Elite High Performance Lessons and Habits from a Former Navy SEAL. It is a huge honor for me to say, Nick Hayes, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. All right, thanks for having me, man. All right, let's do this. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Uh, I got three, and they're, well, if my wife's not currently pregnant, <laughs> then I have three. And they're at uh, five or eight, five, and three. Okay, very cool. What type of uh, sports or activities are they all into? Uh, the the middle one is my boy. So I got an older girl and a younger girl, and then the middle one's a boy. He's into uh, t-ball this year. My oldest daughter, which is his first real experience, um, my oldest daughter is doing the swim team and crushing it. So she's a fish like her dad, which is cool. And then my youngest one is just, you know, throwing stuff at the walls as much as she possibly can. <laughs> Trying to develop that, uh, that throwing arm, you know? 
Uh, okay, awesome. Now, do you get involved with uh, teaching the swim team or coaching the t-ball team, or do you enjoy all that from the sidelines? Well, both. I mean, when it comes to yeah, I'm not I'm not physically teaching the the swim class. I know I know that in my life, you know, I had two phenomenal parents, which was great. But some of the some of the relationships that I think were even more impactful were some of the coaches that I was exposed to because I played sports growing up, you know, three seasons. Um, in high school and everything else, you know, um, that was my thing. I, I still to this day remember some coaches that were tremendously impactful for me. So I, I want them to have that as well. And then I, I coach them up on the side. Like I taught them how to swim, you know, but now that they're getting competitive, I say they, but now that the oldest, my daughter is, is getting competitive, I want her to experience the benefits of a, of a unbiased coach. Okay, and you have two and one here. Are you planning on evening up the score? Are you trying for the fourth child, or are you guys all done? <laughs> Man, I wasn't trying with the third one. So I, I don't know how in control of this I actually am. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like, if she's not pregnant, I look at that girl, she gets pregnant, man. So uh, you never know, but I haven't, I haven't taken it out of God's hands, so to speak. Um, I'll, be, I'll be the first one to admit, man, I've had multiple appointments to go get snips. And the last one, I made it, like day of, I made it like to the parking lot. And I freaked out. <laughs> I spun around, called, and I was like, I'm not coming. I'm out. And I uh, went home, and my wife was like, are you kidding me? Come on, Nick. Like, <laughs> I've gotten close, but we, we're probably just going to keep going, man. Yeah, I've had several dads on the show here who have been snipped. They are in a club all of their own, and it's not one that I will ever be joining. Uh, I have four kids myself, so I do understand what it's like to look at your wife and knock her up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nick, please take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, so, I mean, short story long here, it's, uh, I was a Navy SEAL for 10 years, really proud of that, that time in service. Um, I screamed for a a program that is like a paramilitary kind of contracting branch for one of our agencies, uh, one of the three-letter types. So I, I screened positive for that, um, which allowed me to separate from the Navy. And then two weeks later, I was in the Middle East um, doing some good work and enjoying it. Through that time, I went to business school at University of San Diego. Um, I went to business school at University of San Diego. Um, this was, I finished up my undergrad while I was still in the Navy. So I was in business school while I was contracting in the Middle East, and then I ended up getting injured. So um, I smashed a disc in my back, L5S1, had to get a full-on fusion out of it. Um, so I ended up doing that, and that was probably the hardest, one of the hardest things. It's the hardest thing I've ever been through where no one died, you know, because um, ultimately I lost my, my purpose my, my passion, my job. Um, I would never be doing that kind of work again. And definitely the hardest thing that I've, I've been through personally, I lost my body, you know, because having to recover physically and everything, I was used to being a athlete and I was gaining weight and I, I was drinking too much because I didn't want to take the pills. So it just meant I was, I was drinking. Oh, it was bad, man. Um, now, of course, when I look back, at that and what that provided me, um, that single like smashing my back in Afghanistan is, is the best thing that ever happened to me. There's kind of a, a quote that you hear sometimes in regards to like nonprofit stuff, but um, that which I love will destroy me. 
I think that's a beautiful quote. And that's the road that I was on. I was enjoying my job so much. I was loving working with my tribe, with my boys. It was, it was just a lot of fun. The money was good. Um, even the time allocation wasn't bad. The work-life balance was about 50-50, which coming out of the military, you can't beat it. Um, so I was just enjoying it, and I think I was about to get lost to it. And I think God sometimes has a way of just coming in and saying, nope, doing this instead, and grabbing a hold of you. And, and that's essentially what happened to me after having to prep for that surgery and, and staying home and being around the kids. I started to see that my relationship with my oldest daughter was getting stronger and stronger. She started to like know what I was going to say before I said it. Um, my wife and I just went to the next level because she was supporting me. You know, it was it was a really tough time for both of us. But I got to see how much she loves me in practice, not just in words, but in practice. And we really just got through it together as a family, you know. And seriously, best thing that ever happened to me. But it did mean that I had to realign what I was going to be doing professionally, what my purpose was going to be moving forward. I knew that I needed that purpose in my life because it had always been so strong professionally and there was a void. Um, that can amount to, you know, a dopamine release deficiency. Uh, you know, it's, it's tougher to get out of bed. It's tougher to get to the gym. All that stuff, man. You you got to know your why, right? Kind of a buzzword right now, but it's just the truth. That's why everybody knows it. You got to know why you're doing what you're doing. And for me, I was looking at the the total picture, and I said, you know what I really enjoyed about being a Navy SEAL was teaching the younger guys coming up. You know, I really enjoyed helping people out. I remember on one uh, deployment in uh, Southeast Asia, I was passing out chalkboards at a school. Um, some of that stuff's real, you know, like you don't get that in the media here. You know, our, our media in the United States is all built around, there's a lot of money going into keeping you pissed off, you know. They just want you to be mad. So you don't hear that lighter lighter side of the, the story, but those are some of the moments that meant more to me than anything else. You know, even in uh, uh, my contracting life, like taking candy and going to a Tajik neighborhood market and giving it to kids was my favorite part of the job. You know, I did that probably way too much. Um, so I was like, what, how can I do that moving forward? How can I pay it forward? How can I teach? How can I help others get from A to B? Um, and I was fortunate to have made a few mentors. You know, I, I, a, a friend of mine invited me to come work with a basketball team in the NBA. So I'm working with a basketball team in the NBA, and I meet this other guy who's there teaching as well. His name is John Gordon. And uh, he starts talking about writing a book. And so within six months from my back surgery, I was essentially a public speaker slash consultant, um, working with some professional sports teams in the NFL and the NBA, and then a bunch of corporations, and then ended up landing a book deal through Wiley. So it, it went big, it went fast. Um, same kind of thing that you and I were talking about before, you know, we kicked off the cast was, you know, when you visualize it, when you believe it, you go in with a positive mindset, you know, it's going to happen, you're not going to get in your own way. You're not going to undermine yourself. I don't know what, you know, other forces are at play, man, but ultimately you're not going to be the one tripping up, you know, and, and that's what happened with me in that next stage of life. I was able to just turn the page and keep cruising forward, man, and I can't stress it enough that all came from the support and the love that I had from my family. 
Yeah, very well said. And what an amazing journey you've had here, Nick. And, and I agree. The media is focused on keeping us pissed off all the time. I believe that there's an attack on fatherhood and family life through the media, movies, and TV, where dads are always usually portrayed as the guy who's kind of given up on life. Uh, he's never getting any action. He's always, it puts this false image on what fatherhood and family life is really all about. And guys go into it with a negative expectation or this negative outlook uh, right from the dribble. So I like to get the accurate portrayal of what fatherhood is genuinely all about by getting the perspective you know, of dads like yourself here. So um, how did becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? I think there, there's a couple things that are just really hard to understand before you cross that threshold. You know, a, a true selfless mindset to where you're thinking about, you know, that, that six-month plan turns into a 10-year plan and a 20-year plan, um, which lends itself to being more efficient over time because now, I mean, it's kind of a business term here, now you have stakeholders, right? You have people that are entirely dependent on you and your decisions, what you decide to do, what you decide to teach them. Um, they're entirely dependent on you. Whereas with the wife, yeah, that's true, but like not the same. It's just not the same. Um, so it definitely helped me get more efficient. It helped me to really think about the gravity of every single decision. And when you give something more thought, then it's ultimately going to be a better decision, right? Um, the other thing is it kind of helps me understand, like, why, you know, I'm, I'm not a super religious guy, but at the same time, it helps me understand, like, why God loves us. It's, it's the only way that I can really understand that relationship because there's nothing that my kids could do that would make me fall out of love with them. No matter how bad it gets, man, I'm going to do whatever I can to guide them. I'm going to correct them. I'm all about discipline. You know, I'm all about teaching the young ones that, that consequence matters because we don't live in a world anymore that's going to teach them that for you. That's our job as fathers is to teach them that. Um, but that's still love. That's actually the most intense form of love, I believe, that tough love, because it's harder. It takes more thought. Um, and ultimately, it has more of a positive effect over a duration of time. But it really helped me understand, like, man's relationship with God philosophically. Yeah, very well said. And I am a faith-based person as well. I keep God first in my life. And I think between the fatherless problem that we have in our country right now, combined with the fact that God has been removed from so much of our society, if we could just tighten up on those two areas alone, I mean, focus on family life and putting God first, I think most of the issues in our country would start to just dissolve. I agree 100%. I mean, when you make man God, bad things happen. We've always seen that um, throughout history. And it, it's really the lack of consequence, too. You know, what is the reason why you're doing what you're doing? I said it, but it's so true. Like, the, when I grew up, the world was a little bit different. You know, I'm still a young man, but things have changed so fast. Um, but society would tune you up if you needed it. If you were getting out of line, you needed a course correction, there's things that are going to happen in your life that are going to teach you a thing or two. Um, those things don't happen in the same way anymore, you know? So now it's really up to, to the parents, to the, to the father specifically, to make sure that, the children understand that there's consequence to these actions, um, that things really matter. And maybe nowadays you don't get bullied like you used to physically. It's worse. Nowadays you get bullied, you know, online in a way that comes home with you and you can never get away with it and it destroys your reputation. And what these kids have to go through on a day-to-day -day basis is tragic. It's tragic. And it's tough because the parents can't necessarily relate to it because we grew up in a different context. So our stories. Are, are require a little bit more thought, right? 
Um, so if we can still teach them the value of good decision making and what that looks like and the absence of consequences and how, like, hey, when you're in a conversation at school, try saying it this way instead of that way. Come from a position of love, but don't let them hurt you. You know, some of the basic principles of how to communicate uh, person to person that they're missing out on these days, that's essentially teaching them consequence in a way that's going to help moving forward, right? Because this digital medium, um, you know, I, I always talk about the Internet this way. It's like we, we ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, man. Like it ain't going back. Things are different now, and it will be different moving forward. So it's our responsibility to take the wisdom that we have from our years of experience and then craft that in a way that's going to make sense moving forward, right? We can't be looking back. We have to be looking forward. And we have to make that wisdom work in a way that our kids can take it and run with it and ultimately be more successful with it. It's time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more with Frogman Nick Hayes. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Are you enjoying First Class Fatherhood? Did you know you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? It may sound insane, but it's true. There is a free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Seriously, just go download the free PodCoin app on your iPhone or Android, and if you use my special code, Fatherhood, you will get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. The more you listen, the more PodCoin you earn. And then you turn those PodCoins into gift cards for places like Amazon, Starbucks, or more. So go ahead and listen to this podcast on PodCoin and sign up using the code FATHERHOOD. It will change the way you listen to podcasts. Let's go, dads. Summertime is upon us here, and there is no better way to spend time with your kids this summer than to take them to a live event, whether that's out at the ball field, at a monster truck rally, or even a Broadway show. Buy your tickets on SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and apply my code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and First Class Fatherhood listeners are going to save $20 off their ticket purchase. Get over to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and buy all your tickets for this summer's fun. Maybe you want to take them to their first concert. Go to SeatGeek.com and apply my code FIRSTCLASS, one word, FIRSTCLASS, and save $20 off your ticket purchase. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. Yeah, very well said. And the technology is definitely a challenge for a lot of dads out here. It may well just be part of the necessary drama of life. I think every generation has said, oh boy, would you look at the world our kids are going to have to grow up in. Uh, You know, I think each generation has had that. Uh, It is moving quicker as far as all the changes with the technology from year to year. Um, I know your kids are young yet, but are they involved with the the YouTube and the video games and all that? How do you kind of handle technology with your kids? Yeah, you know, it's, I know I know a lot about raising kids up until they're eight. So I, I have to put that out there, you know. Like every year I, I learn new stuff, and, and there's stuff I haven't been exposed to yet. Um, but in their, in their younger years, you know, what we have issues with, like on YouTube, is you, you put on a YouTube video, um, maybe you walk away while three videos down the road, this algorithm that's deciding what video the kids need to watch next, is based on keywords, so it's incredibly easy to manipulate, um, and it, it, there's no human element there. There's no quality control. So you walk away for a couple of videos, and all of a sudden now they're watching this crazy stuff, man, that doesn't belong in your home. 
So you really can't let them just go on YouTube. Not to mention, like, I think last year was that big scandal. I think it's still out there where, um, like, my wife was, was sharing this with me. I got so mad. I was like, we got to find this person, you know. Um, but there's, like, splices halfway through these cartoon videos where there's one where it's a cartoon character and there's one where it's a guy. And they walk out into the middle of the video and they actually teach your children how to commit suicide. Wow. And walk off screen. I've, I've seen these videos multiple times. It's evil on a level that I, I can't fathom. It's, it's the kind of evil that it's like, really, we got to find these people and like crush them, you know? Um, yeah. That's scary that's to happening hear. on YouTube. It's scary. And I've actually seen the videos, man. Um, it's no good. So my kids don't watch YouTube at all. YouTube kids, nope. I mean, that only has to happen once, man. And here, here's what you have to understand as a parent. And as an individual, like you can apply this to your own mind and then you can apply this to your, to your children's minds. But your brain is essentially a hard drive. It's the same. You have knowledge and then you have intelligence. Knowledge is what you can store, the information that you can store, whereas your intelligence is your ability to access information. They're two very different things. Just like a computer, you know, has its storage and then it has its uh, memory. It's constantly processing information. Well, once you download a virus, man, it's on there. It's on there. That's, that's where it is now. New information. You can swipe the hard drive, but guess what? You can still pull that information up down the road, you know, in a way that you can recover discs and stuff. That's what hypnotherapy does with these people that are reopening neuropathways that have been shut down. I mean, they, they function remarkably similar. So if you have these, like you have three kids, you got these three computers that are essentially connected to the Internet, well, guess what? You need a firewall. If Netflix, if YouTube, if all these things are the Internet when it comes to the exchange of information and your children are the computers and you just open them up in the clear and say, hey, go ahead, upload, download all you want, anything you need, guess what's going to happen? Viruses, bad stuff. It's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. You have to have a firewall. And as a parent, you are the firewall. Like the ages that my kids are at right now, everything's observed. Because we don't raise them on uh, television anyway. We raise them outside playing sports. We raise them doing, you know, everything that we possibly can to be active and playing games, games with them physically because I'm in that age right now to where I have to take advantage of it because it's not going to last long and I love it and I want as much as I can possibly get. So I don't need TV to raise my kids, right? I'm, I'm actively in the room. Somebody walks on the screen when they're watching YouTube, guess what? Boom, I'm on it. Nope, not my kids, not my house, mine. Now, when they yeah. get a little bit older, then you're going to have to outsource and automate that firewall, but in principle, it should stay the same. Yeah, very well said, and I believe it was Jim Rohn that said, uh, beware of the thief on the street who's after your purse, but also be aware of the thief in your mind who is after your promise. So uh, we definitely need to make our kids the gatekeepers of their minds. I love that. All right, getting back to your book here, Nick, did you have any other uh, writing experience or interest in writing during your college days or something? What kind of sparked your interest in writing? Yeah, so I guess two different sides from a, on a speaking standpoint. When I was growing up, um, you know, I was like vice president of Fellowship of Christian Students. Um, you know, I was really active in my church, led worship and stuff, so I was always in front of people. Um, so that was kind of an easy transition. Then I started teaching in the military, um, so I started, I started teaching. I really liked it. So I felt like I had been developed when I stepped into it. 
from a writing perspective, very similar um, because I went to undergraduate at um, Ole Miss before I joined the Navy. I actually dropped out of Ole Miss when we invaded Iraq in March 2003. But I was, you know, doing philosophy and history stuff and just writing a lot of papers. So I knew how to find a source, how to quote a source, um, how to make something flow. My mom was a writer, too, so I'd, I'd grown up in, in that kind of house. Um, so when I went back in to finish my undergraduate, well, I was still active duty, I did history through an online component of the University of Maryland, and it was just constantly writing, writing, writing. And I could choose what portion of history um, I wanted to write about, so I stayed a lot in uh, uh, World War II, you know, and, and just really interesting stuff for me, a lot of military stuff, but then a lot of, like, ideological stuff. You know, like I wrote my, my senior thesis on uh, Heinrich Himmler and what he was trying to do and how weird that got. Um, I, I wrote a lot about classical conditioning methods and stuff like that. So it just kind of started that spark with me. So when I got out of the military, I started writing articles for, like, Imminent Threat Solutions, uh, Field and Stream, uh, Soldier of Fortune, um, what are some other of the bigger ones? Fatherly, actually, fatherly.com. I wrote an article, How to Play Hide and Seek with Your Kids, like a Navy SEAL. It's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I started doing that and writing a, a lot of content. I don't know how many times, probably like 20, 30 times I got published in magazines before I ever sat down to write a book. Um, but that's how it is, man. Like, you, you got to crawl, walk, and run. You know, a lot of people who, who write a book quickly and they get it out to different publishers, they're going to experience 15, 20 no's. You know, people are going to tell them no because they haven't put in the work. So, you know, like starting with articles, starting with, undergraduate school, like choosing a, 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 a area of study that, that forces you to write. Um, stuff like that is, is a great way to get started. That way, when you hit the ground running, you're not burning potential leads. Like for me, I was fortunate. My, my first publisher picked it up. First one I talked to picked it up. Part of that was because of some referrals that I got from, from friends of mine. Um, and then part of that was because, you know, it was, it was a good concept. It didn't work out. Yeah, listen, Nick, I'm a ferocious reader. I knock out at least a book a week here. I'm down to read this one. I'm sure many of my listeners out there would like to as well. Where's the best place for us to go and grab a copy? Yeah, it's all over the place. Um, but Amazon definitely makes it easy, right? So just get on Amazon, type, uh, type in Elite Nick Hayes. The title is Elite High Performance Lessons and Habits from a Former Navy SEAL. Um, it is kind of on brand with our topic today, too. I do talk about child raising and kind of how to add structures into your life and things of that nature. Very cool. I will include a link in the description of this podcast episode so my listeners can just tap the link, get over there and grab a copy. Uh, what's coming up next for you here, Nick? You got any other uh, books in the making? Yeah, yeah. Next book, I'm going to write about the uh, elements of high-functioning teams, what makes teams work. Can't wait to get on that, man. I'm so excited. I'm at that point where I'm ready to, to do the next, you know, to keep going. And then uh, I'm going to keep speaking to whoever will listen. You know, I, I love what I'm doing right now. Um, I think that the country needs it, and, you know, it's a good deal. One other thing that I'm doing, I picked up a, uh, um, a stand-up comedy set. So I'm going to give my shake a stand-up comedy at the, uh, the comedy store in Beverly Hills. So that'll be fun. One thing that I teach is, like, 
you know, be, be comfortable being uncomfortable. If something's intimidating you, then that's a great excuse to get out there and do it. There's a reason it's intimidating you, and if you want to grow, then you need to push into unclear space. You know, there's no organism on this planet that is staying the same. There is no status quo. Everything is either growing or dying. Dying is easy. Growing is hard. But, man, it's worth it, right? So I was looking at this, and I'm like, man, I've always wanted to do stand-up comedy. I'm scared of it. I'm scared of it. That's a great reason for me to do it. So I went ahead and got booked at the comedy store. Um, so that should be fun, man. Yeah, I love that philosophy, Nick. All right, last thing I'm going to hit you with here, I'd love to ask all the dads I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Well, for the about-to-be father, just know that I know it feels like you're staring off a cliff into the black abyss and you don't know what it looks like and it's scary and you know things are about to change, but just trust it and jump. Just jump. Commit, man. Like, it's coming. It'll be the best thing that ever happened to you. Everyone you know says that. They're not lying to you. Quit looking at TV. Quit looking at all these things that paint, you know, fathers up to be idiots. Um, you know, quit thinking like, hey, you know, a real man can get any girl he wants. And this, no, a real man knows how to keep what's his. A real man knows how to take care of the people that depend on him. That's what real men do. Jump. Be that real man. And the person who's in it right now, in the thick of it, and this baby ain't sleeping, and you don't know what to do, it's, it's going to get better. You know, for, for a man, the first few months can be a challenge. It's, it's a lot like Hell Week and SEAL training, man. You know, you're going to have to get through that. It's going to be challenging um, because their bond with the mother is so strong up front, and you're probably not going to have that on the same level. And you're going to wonder if that's coming, but yes. The answer is yes. The older they get, the more into daddy they become. Um, and it's, it only takes a few months to get through the tough stuff. And then it is just the most rewarding experience you'll ever have. It's like drinking mountain stream water on a hot day, man. This is exactly what you needed. And just be sure to slow down, live present, you know, put, put away the noise. When you come home, quit thinking about work. None of those people matter, man. Like these are the people that matter experience them, and enjoy them fully. Yeah, well said. I love the message. This has been a big honor for me. I got to say, Nick Hayes, thank you so much for your service. Uh, You're a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much, brother. All right, I'm back with some closing thoughts in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Nick Hayes for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, and drop me that DM over on Instagram. I always love to read your feedback. Happy Father's Day to all of you dads out there who are listening. I hope you have a chance to enjoy your family this weekend and do something special that you enjoy. And I hope you'll tune in to Fox and Friends on Father's Day morning and catch my appearance. It's going to be a monumentous occasion for the podcast here. I'm so pumped up. I hope you'll join me. Enjoy your weekend. That's all I got for you guys today. We got a five-banger coming at you next week, so lock it in. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers, and we're not just fathers. We are first-class fathers.